Genre. podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today on the show, we will be discussing Terror of the Zygons, the fourth doctor's sixth story. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, the very first appearance of uh, those lovable potatoes, uh, the Zygons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, the, the, I mean, are they, are they potatoes? I was about to, they're no, like I was about a to say, crustacean. They're kind of like a, yeah, they're almost like a shellfish. They're yeah. almost like an open, like an open clam. Yeah. Yeah. They're a little tentacly. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, and, and yeah, it is their first appearance. Uh, it would also be their last appearance until the, uh, 50th anniversary special, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, Zygons, Woo-hoo. right? Aren't they, uh, if I'm not mistaken, weren't they like David Tennant's favorite monster? Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, but yeah, they uh, they were like the villain that um, after the, the Russell T era, they were like, when are you going to do Zygons? When are you going to do Zygons? When are you going to do Zygons? Because for some, for whatever reason, this, this episode is very, very popular. Um, and uh, not to say that it's not a good episode. Yeah, what do you I mean, mean for whatever reason? It's great. Well, I just mean <laughs> – I just mean I, – well, yeah, I know. But like I don't know. Like what? why – why – why – why – why – I don't know. Zygons. You they're, know, they're chameleons. Like I – whatever. Like they make themselves look like other – it's like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Like it's not it, – they're not like special. Um, and so it's just it's it's just strange to me that uh, people I, were so I, I fixated on be, them. I think it might be a little bit of the Goonies effect, where you know it is. I remember you know just to get really broad and not to go too much into it. I this episode, I remember thinking or the, the, this story. I remember thinking, wow, this is something I really would have enjoyed as a kid. Mm. Yeah, uh, like I, I specifically like I can imagine like. 10, 11 year old Nick watching this and being like, whoa, this is so like old and weird and cool. And like, maybe it is just a combination of like a generational thing of maybe this episode just for whatever, and maybe the look of the Zygons and there, there are some really creepy moments and, you know, kind of that added with like the only appeared once and, you know, it's, it's always like bring them back and then maybe the whole thing just kind of snowballed into itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Terror of the Zygons, Basically, um, you know, this one was uh, coming in at the end of the 12th recording block of Doctor Who. Uh, Robert Holmes had just taken over the script editing position uh, with um, with uh, Hinchcliffe uh, being his uh, producer. Um, and... I... Uh, so, like, he wanted to... Uh, Holmes, who was, like, you know... Um, he was the guy that was going to be one, you know, rewriting all of the scripts to make them in his voice. That's like the job of a script script editor. But uh, he was also hiring the writers who would come in and, and uh, write uh, Doctor Who stories. And he wanted some fresh blood in. And he uh, had an acquaintance by the name of Robert Bank Stewart who uh, started his career as a playwright and then ended up writing for television uh, for series like The Avengers, uh, The Saint, and um, some Australia programming uh, as well. And he was actually approached to contribute to Doctor Who in uh, early the early days, uh, back in like 63, 64, but uh, nothing sort of came of it, and he never ended up writing for the show. But uh, when he was approached by Robert Holmes... 
Uh, he told him that like I, you know, I he's a native Scotland from Scotland, and so he wanted to write a Doctor Who adventure in his home country, and uh, suggested the Loch Ness monster as the ideal basis for a story in Scotland. And so Holmes uh, let him let him go ahead and and write a. a what was going to be a six-part storyline at first and then was later dropped to a four-part storyline about the Loch Ness Monster. And uh, the the problem that ended up happening with um, Stuart writing the, the show was that he had actually never seen Doctor Who before. So he was <laughs> he was writing the show and the characters as if they were like – you know, very action oriented protagonist, uh, akin to like the Avengers show. Um, and so not that one, right. No, not, not, well, the Avengers show, not the, the show. Uh, yeah. For sure. yeah. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so he was writing it more in the vein of that. And, um, Robert Holmes was getting these scripts back and they just, they weren't, they weren't Dr. Who. Uh, and so he ended up just sort of <laughs> rewriting it all. Um, and so this is this story is uh primarily uh Robert Holmes scripting this. Um because while the storyline was Stuart Stewart's stories uh or episodes focus more on the Loch Ness monster, the Scarazin uh monster <laughs> right. um rather than the Zygons and uh Robert Holmes took a look at their budget and was like yeah, we should probably focus on the Zygons, um, not this Loch Ness giant, Monster thing. Yeah, not the giant monster. Right, right, right. Because one, we're not going to be able to make this look great, and and two, we're not going to be able to show it very often. So, the <laughs> you know, let's take a less is more approach, and that's why the the title change. It was originally called uh, "Secret of the Secret of Loch Ness," um, and it was eventually changed to "Terror of the Zygons" because they felt like. Calling it ter- uh, Secret of the Loch Ness would uh, give people unrealistic expectations about what the episode was going to be about. Um, right. Like maybe downplay it a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, you know, and, and you know, not for nothing, but the Zygons can actually interact with the human characters, whereas uh, the Loch Ness Monster wouldn't have been able to do that um, and isn't able to do that in the show. So – uh, so they, he, he rewrote the story and, uh, you know, made it focus on, uh, more on the Zygons and use sort of like the Loch Ness monster as a MacGuffin sort of. Um, and the, this is also around when, um, Hinchcliffe decided that Harry Sullivan should be written out of the show at the end of this story because uh, the character was created when they thought the fourth doctor was going to be played by an elderly actor who wouldn't be able to participate in action sequences. But when they cast Tom Baker in the lead role, who was like the youngest doctor, youngest actor ever played the doctor at this point, Hinchcliffe was just like, well, Harry's kind of redundant, right? Cause we got, we got the tall lanky guy that can run around and be act crazy. Um, we don't need Harry. And Holmes, meanwhile, disagreed because he felt that Harry kept a sort of valuable, distinctive ingredient to the the the, the series and to like the trio of characters. Like Ringo. Yeah, well he just felt like he he added something um to like the, I agree. the mix. Yeah. And Definitely. and without him they would be missing it. And uh but but Hinchcliffe uh, held his ground and said to get rid of him. Uh, and he did. And later, Hinchcliffe would admit that Holmes was actually right and that it was a mistake to get rid of Harry. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so this is the last story um, with Harry Sullivan as a companion. He does later come back uh, for one story uh, later on, the android invasion. Um, but uh, the actor – uh, Ian Martyr, he actually would go on to become um, – he would act some like on stage and, and in um, a few programs here and there. But uh, overall, he ended up actually becoming more of a writer um, and he wrote yeah. uh, several of the Doctor Who novelizations. Um, no kidding. Yeah, that Target Books did. And uh, he also um, twice – 
uh, applied to write for Doctor Who proper. Um, once in uh, 1980 and then another one for uh, season 23, uh, which were called Strange Encounter and Volivox. Um, wow. But uh, neither of those were uh, actually picked up, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah. And then he also uh, ended up with Tom Baker, would go on to co-write the screenplay for a Doctor Who feature film which was would have been called Doctor Who meets Scratch Man. Um, which please say there's more was that was never produced. Um, no, oh, no, I wish I wish there were uh, details on these things. Um, but they who's Scratch Man? I don't know. I don't know. Sounds oh, like a mercy. sounds like sounds like a jazz musician. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like a, or like a early Brooklyn DJ, like in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, Scratch Man. Um, so, yeah. uh, so yeah, so he continued acting and everything, but, uh, and then later, um, he unfortunately died, uh, of a diabetic condition in, uh, 1986. Oh man. To all are one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then the, uh, the other bit of this, um, is that this was also be Nicholas Courtney's, uh, final regular appearance as the brigadier. Um, he no, would really, yeah, he would later come back as, uh, you know, in guest, guest spots here and there, but not until, um, during the fifth doctor's run. And then he would return again during the seventh doctor's run. Uh, and wow. yeah. And then obviously he did some big finish audios here and there. Um, for sure. But, uh, yeah, no, he, that's, this is, this is his final, uh, regular appearance. He doesn't even show up in the Android invasion, uh, because uh, scheduling conflicts, uh, came up and he wasn't, he wasn't able to come back, um, for that. So he doesn't, uh, come back until the eighties as, uh, as Brigadier. Um, and then the last bit, uh, which is sort of something I, I was talking about, um, I believe uh, last week on the show I was talking about how uh, this was supposed to be um, the final episode of season 12. It was part of the 12th uh, recording block. Uh, but what happened was that uh, Space 1999, which was a series created for uh, ITV, which was like the big BBC competitor at the time um, – they uh they were premiering their show in um September and Doctor Who was scheduled to come back in like December January and they were afraid that if another science fiction show hit the airwaves before Doctor Who uh no one would care about Doctor Who so uh, they r- rushed right into season 13. So there was no pause in production between season 12 and season 13. They did two seasons back to back. And uh, in order to buy them some, some time and be able to premiere in the summer and beat Space 1999 to the screens, uh, they took their final story of season 12 and made it their premiere of season 13 so that they had a little bit more they had like another month you know to to hold off until they got to like real quote unquote real season 13 episodes mm. um after the after the show premiered so uh so yeah that's why it got moved but this is technically the final story of the 12th production block um it's just the their 13th season premiere um just because of uh, Space 1999's uh, damn Space 1999. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, it feels like the like the end of a of a of a thing. You know, you start the season with Robot, which is a unit story, and you end the season with uh, you know Zygons and another unit season, and you you say hello to Harry and you say goodbye to Harry. Like it all just feels like it should be a complete season twelve, and so I've always. It's always stuck in my craw that it's part of season 13. <laughs> right. Now I get that. Yeah. So. Anyway, that's it. That's all the background for this one. Yeah. I just had no idea that it, it's so unceremonious to me that that's, you know, that this was the kind of the last proper Brig episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. 
Terror of the Zygons Part 1 Written by Robert Banks Stewart Directed by Douglas Campfield Produced by Philip Henchcliffe Script edited by Robert Holmes Air date, August 30th, 1975 The doctor, Sarah Jane, and Harry arrive in Scotland after receiving urgent word from Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. A series of oil rig disasters off the coast of Scotland have left authorities baffled, but local landowner the Duke of Forgill is more put out by the members of unit trespassing on his property. The brigadier takes the doctor and his companions to Hibernian Oil, the company that owned the destroyed oil rigs, where a representative of the company, Huckle, explains the situation. Sarah Jane goes to chat up the local characters while Harry visits the survivors of the disasters. While driving, Harry spots a survivor washed up on the beach and goes to help him, but before the man can tell Harry anything, he's shot by a man working for the Duke. Harry's forehead is grazed by the bullet, causing him to fall unconscious. The doctor and Sarah Jane visit Harry in the hospital, who's being tended to by Nurse Lamont. The brigadier arrives and informs them all of another oil rig attack. While inspecting the damage, the doctor notices the oil rig has mysterious holes and deduces that they are large teeth marks. The aliens, who have been watching all of this happen, and summoning whatever has been attacking the oil rigs, decide that the doctor is too smart for his own good. Harry wakes up, and as Sarah Jane goes to inform the doctor, she's grabbed by an orange tentacled monster. So, uh, part one of Terror of the Zygons. Um... I just, I would have never, before looking up background and significance, I never would have believed that this was written by a Scottish person. Oh, that is, yeah, because, yeah, weird. Really? Yeah, right. Well, because like it literally just opens with just like, what's the most Scottish thing we could have someone say? And it's someone <laughs> calling over the wire and be like, hey, can we get some haggis over here? Because these chefs, uh, they don't know how to cook it right. And I'm just like, my God, haggis, really? <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! I just, I, it just hit me that we, we, this, uh, this episode, this serial opens and closes with a very like cats, Catskillian, uh, Scotch, Scottish jokes. Hmm. Yeah, there's quite a few of those, especially in this first part. <laughs> um, I there are few things that I love more than. Harry wearing the doctor's scarf. Oh, I thought that was so cute. Yes. How, and Sarah Jane. Yeah, and his I just that was such a cool yeah. thing way to open how they're all just kind of like wearing parts of the doctor's costume. I just thought that was a really cute way to like introduce the part. I wish they, yeah. wish they did that more. Yeah. Well, I I like it because the doctor is just like, well, I'm going to wear these Scottish things, <laughs> so you guys can have these, I guess, because I'm not using yeah. them. Like, it's just <laughs> it's great. I love that. Um, and yeah, like the doctor's golf hat is, uh, a plus. It's pretty choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get, uh, Benton and Brigadier, uh, back. Lots of bagpipes. Lots of really loud, obnoxious bagpipes. And, uh, and Brigadier's wearing a kilt because he is yeah, in he fact... Is. <laughs> yeah, because he is, in fact, Scottish, <laughs> as it turns out. Um, and, uh, yeah, just just a just an overabundance of bagpipe, if I'm being honest. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of bagpipe, and it's real, Multitudes real loud. Multitudes of bagpipes. Multitudes of bagpipe. Uh, and, you know, I, I think the thing that I, I miss the most about the fact that this is the Brigadier's last story for a long time and the last story with the fourth doctor mm-hmm. is that I love the relationship between the Brigadier and the fourth doctor. I love that the fourth doctor just all he does is troll the Brigadier. Like that's just, he just, he's like, I gave you this thing for emergencies and you are what, calling me for this? What are we? The thing, oil you cops? You idiot! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then he's like, "Please help!" And he's like, "Okay, Brigadier, I'll help." <laughs> and I just, I love, I love it. I love, 
I I could uh, I I think too. I think another reason why I don't like this as the premiere of season thirteen is because it sets up uh, an expectation. I think for every season starter to start with a unit story because robot like season 12 started with robot and now season 13 started with oh, this yeah. and like that's something i could have looked forward to i think like you know like just counting on like the brigadier is going to show up in the premiere of every season mm-hmm. but that's not what ends up happening because you know he's uh he's done now mm-hmm. but like i don't know um expectations uh, but yeah, I love, I love, uh, four and the brigadier. Uh, I think it's my favorite weirdly cause they only have like two stories together, but like weirdly, I think they're like my favorite, uh, my favorite, uh, like brigadier doctor combo, I think. Oh um, man, really? Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really like them a lot. Um, way more than two and brigadier. And uh, I do think a bit more than than three in Brigadier, just because I don't know. Three is just so angry at the Brigadier all the time. <laughs> Where whereas yeah. like whereas like four feels like he's just like playfully trolling him. Um, and I like that more. I don't know. Yeah, I think with Pertwee, it comes off more angry than lighthearted but it's still like the same trolling i think yeah like, like, that's like, like I, yeah even though it is less angry it is decidedly less romantic than three's relationship <laughs> <laughs> there is also that <laughs> <laughs> oh man um <laughs> i uh so i don't know about you guys but i've never heard a Scottish person with a lisp before. So that was new uh, to the <laughs> story. Um, it's very, it's very specific uh, affectation for a uh, Scottish person. Like I just, I like this guy started talking. I was like, Oh, I've never heard that before. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, it, it, it was a good get for the show for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, superstitious, lispy Scottish person uh, who believes in the Loch Ness monster, and and I just and like constantly shutting down Sarah because like every time Sarah's just like, <laughs> just like we'll just try and be playful with this guy, and and this guy's just like, you're you're talking about my mother, like just like really taking it very <laughs> seriously. Well, that that's that's my uh, you're talking about the leader of my of mm-hmm. my clan. Uh, you know, why are you being so disrespectful? And Sarah's just like, I'm sorry. I just, I want to be funny and loved. <laughs> Please don't be mad at me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm of the opinion. I, I think in my, for my book, this, this, this story was peak Sarah Jane. Uh, I really like Sarah Jane in the story a lot. Oh, she's great. Mm-hmm. Peak she's girl great. detective for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love all of the, uh, the close-up shots of the Zygons whispering <laughs> amongst themselves. <laughs> Oh my god! With the hands, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's uncomfortable, but um, it's it's definitely creepy. I guess I could see why kids would be uh, scared of the Zygons. I guess that is pretty creepy. Um, you know, overall though, they, like they are really good monster designs for you know, the budget that they have to deal with. Like they look great. I think. Yeah, no, no. I mean, and I think that's a big part of why this episode is, you know, the reason for this. I mean, it it is rather impressive that the Zygons legacy is based almost primarily on affection for this episode. And they, they are miles above what, what, what we've seen so far on, on, on episodes of the show, not to knock anything, which were, you know, the monsters on the show are always intrepid, but, but yeah, the, the Zygons, yeah, they, <laughs> they look great. Yeah, they really do. Um, yeah. And then, uh, Sarah gets attacked. Mm-hmm. Classic. Because, yeah, classic, classic monster reveal episode one cliffhanger. Yep. Yep. Terror of the Zygons Part 2 
Written by Robert Banks Stewart. Directed by Douglas Campfield. Produced by Philip Henchcliffe. Script edited by Robert Holmes. Air date, September 6, 1975. The doctor hears over the radio that Sarah Jane is in danger and rushes back to help her. He finds her unconscious inside of a decompression chamber. When she awakens, she tells the doctor of her attack, just as a Zygon locks both of them inside and begins to suck the air out of the room. The doctor hypnotizes himself and Sarah Jane into not needing to breathe. Harry is brought to the underwater Zygon ship, where their leader, Broughton, tells him of the Zygon plot to gain dominion over Earth using the sea monster under their control. Harry learns that without the life-giving lactic fluid of the sea monster, the Scarson, the Zygons would die. The Doctor and Sarah Jane are rescued by unit agent Benton, but they arrive back at the village to find that everyone has been drugged. Huckle gives the Doctor a device he found in the wreckage, a device that can summon the sea monster. Meanwhile, Harry learns of the Zygons' ability to take form of humans they have locked up in booth-like chambers. While the Doctor goes to inspect the body of a fallen unit member, Sarah Jane is visited by a Zygon taking the form of Harry. The Zygon attempts to steal the signal device, then runs off and gets impaled by a pitchfork. Angry and mournful, the Zygons unleash the sea monster who rises from the depths of Loch Ness to terrorize the Doctor. So, episode two, uh, in the last episode, Harry got shot in the head. Um, Grazed, kind shot of. Acro- yeah. Shot across the head? Shot across the head? Weird. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so he's got a, he's got a bandage. Uh, so this is just like Harry hanging out with Zygons because they like took him when they attacked Sarah. Hello, Harry. Yeah, <laughs> he just... It's just Harry <laughs> hanging out with the Zygons in the Zygon ship with a bandage around his head, and it's my favorite thing. Um, <laughs> this this episode is just really good, like all around. Like I just really love this episode. Uh, Z- like Harry hanging out with the Zygons, uh, Zygon Harry going on the run and hiding in the barn, which is just oh my god, the yes. creepiest <laughs> stuff. Oh my god, so creepy. <laughs> Trying to kill Sarah. Mm-hmm. Oh man. It's uh, it's some creepy stuff. It's good, but I, I just, I, uh, I, I love the look of the Zygon ship, the lighting on it, like the sort of like red and green lighting of the Zygon ship is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and 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 dare I say, cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks good. Ooh. It looks really good. I like it a lot. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Harry Harry hiding in the shadow and like Zygon Harry hiding in the shadows watching Sarah Jane from like between haystacks is like super creepy and also like kind of a throwback to the Silurian episode. Oh yeah, with the yeah. barn. Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh that was good. I like that. He didn't he didn't also direct that, did he? No, no. no this no. is the director of. Uh, I forgot to bring that up. But it's the director of Inferno. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. don't say that word yet. <laughs> Why? And no, not the name of the eighth one, the eighth Doctor one. Weirdly, what was that one called? Oh, that was called Minuet in Hell. No. Oh no. yeah, no Inferno. Yeah. Inferno, Inferno was, was the, the, one the dragon the... alternate universe. No, I'm sorry, alternate universe. That... Inferno, alternate universes. Yes. Eye patch Brigadier. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. This episode's really good. I like this one a lot. Was there anything else that stuck out to you guys in this uh, this episode? You know, it just really the the it really felt like an adventure story. Like whereas you know, going back a couple of weeks and we were talking about Keys of Marinus feeling like an old adventure game. This feels like a chapter book or like something mm-hmm. I would have found at the mm-hmm. library. I don't know. I just I really like the energy of it. And yeah, it, it is like effectively creepy in some parts i really just like how the zygons in terms of like great doctor who villains they really do have a distinct like color scheme when compared to like the daleks or the cybermen mm-hmm. it's true i just think it's it's funny that the zygons take harry prisoner and then they tell him like their plan yeah and they're just like oh puny human here's our plan it's Scooby-Doo. like so yeah like stock villain, yeah, yeah. Like, look it's at them! Really look funny. at them machines! You're gonna go it's in really there. Y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I love it. Um, <laughs> we drink the milk of the giant lizard. It's like, what? <laughs> it's like they almost like, want to start singing to Harry. I, I just... I love I love Zygon Harry just running for it and Sarah Jane and a bunch of, of unit soldiers like just chasing after it's him. It's brutal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, it's the he best. He dies on a pitchfork, right? Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. She she uh he gets he, he she pushes him off of the top of the barn and he lands on a pitchfork. She's it's not forking around. Pretty messed up. Oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh yeah that's good um i i forget what is the doctor doing in this story or in this in this in this uh in this part in episode two? Oh, geez um i forget what he's the, doing the breathing stuff is episode one right no that's that's this one right where he like oh don't they like go to the Sarah village they go to the village breathing. right Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, he tries to Doctor put uh, like... uh he tries to yeah, he like he <laughs> he this is like the hypnotizing thing and Yeah the nerve yeah, gas, yeah. right? Yeah. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um Oh yeah, and the um the the Zygon nurse is in this one too. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Zygon nurse is really good. Not not, not a lot of great nurses this round, guys. Here at the long way round. Mm, it's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, and then we end this one with uh, the doctor on the moor, <laughs> um, getting uh, getting a, a attacked by the the uh, Scarazin and uh, and then um, Broughton. The uh, the Scottish dude um, ordering that uh, ordering ordering uh, scars in to destroy the doctor. Um, uh, I prefer I prefer it when you announce it scares in because then the word scares in his name. Oh, yeah. Scares in scars in scares. That's good. I like that. Yeah, it's uh, this this uh, I, I like this a lot. The monster um, also looks really good. I mean, you know, I'm glad they they use it exactly the right amount, but maybe good's the wrong word. I like it a lot. Oh, it looks so silly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean it's ridiculous looking, but like in a fun mm-hmm. way. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Um, anybody, do you guys, do you guys think that uh, the Zygons uh, like spy viewer thing, the thing that they use to eavesdrop on everybody? Um, doesn't it just looks like, it just looks like they're watching video on like a, like a, like a totly pulled piece of skin or something. <laughs> like it's real. Yeah. You like a projection screen. Yeah. It's like, it's real gross. It's real yeah. creepy. It's like, yeah, it's like they're projecting it onto like the side of Cassandra, the skin lady. Right. Uh, oh, I thought I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Madam no, Hooch. Not you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> not not you, the skin lady. You know, the skin lady. That's, that's what we call you, so Cass, when you're not Jesus. around. The skin lady. We've reviewed it at least three times. Oh boy. <laughs> I know. But yeah, oh, no, it's yeah. shocking. It's a heck of a character to be named after you. <laughs> Wait, there's a, there's been other yeah. Cassandras in Doctor Who, right? There has to have been. That's such a great Probably. they go to like like the Cassandra, like the Trojan Cassandra, mm. but Right. That's it. Also, not a lot of Scots or Nicks. Mm, no, I don't. I don't know that. I. I think. Well, there's Nicholas's. I'm sure. Right. Um. Santa but I Claus. don't think Scott. I don't think Scott is a a British friendly name. Hello, Scott. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you don't hear a lot of British people named Scott. Yeah. Um. Last names, but not first yeah, it's names. A, it's, a, it's an American name, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So this. So he's being, uh, honest, yeah, episode three. Honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if my uh, if my name started out as like you know just people calling people from their 
you know, Americans being like calling, uh, I don't know, Scottish, uh, <laughs> Scottish, uh, uh, immigrants just like Scott because of their xenophobia. That's true. Yeah. I mean, have you, have you ever <laughs> taken any genealogy things? Do you, are, are you any percentage, uh, Scottish? I'm sure I, I'm sure my mom has a little bit. I don't know. Um, oh, she's a, true. she's a mutt. My mom, my mom's a mutt. Um, mm. and then my dad is like a hundred percent Italian. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that makes me. I'll tell you what, it doesn't uh, make so, you made. <laughs> nope. Sure doesn't. Sure doesn't. You know, uh, just like the doctor. <laughs> Terror of the Zygons Part 3. Written by Robert Banks Stewart. Directed by Douglas Campfield. Produced by Philip Hinchcliffe. Script edited by Robert Holmes. Air date September 13th, 1975. Breaking into the Zygon control room, Harry inadvertently switches off the device that was attracting the sea monster to the Doctor, allowing him to escape. The Doctor next decides to visit the abandoned Forgal Castle, where the Duke lives, but the old man believes no part of the Doctor's story. Back at the inn, a man named Angus nearly discovers the Zygon surveillance link hiding inside of a stuffed deer head, but he's killed by Sister Lamont, who is actually a Zygon. Unit sets off after the killer Zygon, Back at the castle, Sarah Jane finds a hidden passage inside of a bookshelf that leads all the way back to the Zygon ship. The Duke, who is also really a Zygon, finds the open passage and warns the others. Sarah Jane finds the real Harry, and they return to the castle to warn the Doctor about everything. The Zygons take the Doctor prisoner, and they whisk away on their spaceship. So part three... I, 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 uh, I just... I, I don't know. Like this, this, this story like continues to to be uh, really great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's being chased by the Loch Ness monster. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah, on the moor. And you know, if I had to pick one to get chased by the Loch Ness monster, I think it would be four. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I because like three wouldn't run away. Yeah, like three, three would, would just stand it. his ground. Yeah. <laughs> and just like Bastard. do some uh yeah yeah and then, yeah. Just, like, and I, I can't wait till we get to like carnival of monsters because like that's the the three story that reminds me the most of this uh-huh. with the giant things yeah. <laughs> yeah he like judo chops and then flips the Loch Ness monster onto its back <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and then, uh, and then the brigadier blows it up, and then, and and three is just like, "What? <laughs> you stupid kid! <laughs> We're fighting yeah. again. You ruin everything for me. <laughs> Violence isn't always the answer. Oh, I'm sorry, you monster. I did what had to be done. <laughs> I did what had to be done, Doctor. <laughs> you hide behind your medals." <laughs> pip pip. Um, <laughs> it's not even. I not will even, say. Yes, yeah, the brigadier. <laughs> the brigadier saying "Great Scott" is like the most on-brand thing I think I've ever. Yeah, like we've ever with, had with zero irony. irony yes, right? with zero irony. I, <laughs> yeah. In the Scottish oh, I think episode, this is my only note for this. In yes, in the Scottish <laughs> episode of all things. I think I think my favorite uh part of this story is or of this of this episode um there's two parts of this that I love. One is Sarah getting on the Zygon ship, finding Harry and then being too scared to open the door because she isn't sure if he's going to try and kill her or not <laughs> and she's just so genuinely scared like just like is just looking at him through the glass and it's just she's he's like what are you doing open the door and he's like are you really you? <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I just I feel so bad. I'm just like, when the door opens, Harry, you give her a hug because someone who looked like you tried to kill her and she had to watch it get impaled on a fork. Yeah, it's, and it's him. It's Harry right? calling her old girl that, 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 that convinces her that he's the real deal. Yeah. Oh, that was a fun little oh. character moment. I love that. And then I also love that the Zygon ship has a Batcave entrance. <laughs> uh 
<laughs> it's just like there's like a it's like a secret bookshelf, and you go behind there, and there's the Zygon uh, the Zygon ship. I love that about this uh, this episode. Yeah, it, um, and it added just to, even the spaceships felt like a like a like a Hardy Boy or Nancy Drew chapter. Yeah. No, the, yeah. the spaceship is really uh, is really great. And I just – I love that they just bail. Like that's like the end of episode three. <laughs> the Zygons just bail with the doctor. It's like, bye. <laughs> I love that. That's crazy. Terror of the Zygons Part 4. Written by Robert Banks Stewart. Directed by Douglas Campfield. Produced by Philip Hinchcliffe. Script edited by Robert Holmes. Air date, September 20th, 1975. The Zygons have jammed the Earthlings' radar systems. The Brigadier Harry and a reluctant Sarah Jane travel with Unit to London. On board the ship, the Zygon leader Broden tells the Doctor of their plans to restructure Earth over the next two centuries in order to accommodate a Zygon refugee ship headed their way. Once alone, the Doctor electrocutes himself in order to send a distress signal back to Unit. He then proceeds to find the imprisoned human beings being used as Zygon disguises, free them from the Zygon ship, and activate the ship's self-destruct program. The Brigadier and the others arrive just as the ship is destroyed. But Broton survives and takes back control of the Scarcin Sea Monster. Broton plans to send the monster straight to the first International Energy Conference, but before his plans can succeed, he is shot by the Brigadier and dies. The Doctor takes the activator device that was used by the Zygons to control the sea monster and feeds it to the beast. Now free, the monster returns to the depths of Loch Ness, where it will continue to exist forever. Upon returning to the TARDIS, Harry decides to stay with the Brigadier, while Sarah Jane insists that the TARDIS take them straight back to London. The Doctor makes one of his empty promises to do so, and he and Sarah Jane climb aboard the TARDIS. So, uh, episode four, we get introduced to the rules of Zygons, uh, which is that like they have to, they have to basically keep their human counterpart in their, uh, I don't know, their like little hard drive thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and in order to keep <laughs> turning them into them, uh, which is, uh, I, I, I've always liked about Zygons. Like I like that they, it, it it seems as though their their ability to turn into other people is a technology and has nothing to do with their biology in any yeah, way whatsoever. Like it, it seems like something <laughs> they've created. Like they've they've yeah yeah. It's not like it's their adamantium claws. It's not their re. It's not their healing factor. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I like. I really like that. I love. I love the idea that like another alien species could technically like, you know, find that technology and use it on themselves as well. Um, I just, uh, I don't know. I like that. I think it's cool. Uh, yeah. So we get, we get the, the Zygon rules about like, you know, having to turn into their person every once in a while or they, or they, or someone uh, refreshes their cash and then they lose it. Mm-hmm. And they have to. They have to sign in again. Um, Imagine if the Daleks <laughs> tried disguising. I don't themselves. remember my password. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> time to. Uh, I mean, that's what it is, right? I mean, that's basically. Yeah. Um, Brigadier gets a phone call from the uh, from the uh, uh, prime minister. Yeah. Right. And it's a it's a woman. Who is he talking to? Because Margaret Thatcher wasn't prime minister yet. I don't She's know. not prime minister until the eighties. So who's he? That's prophetic. Who's he talking to? What? I'm not sure. I guess it was whoever oh. was before Harriet Jones. Uh, For thirty what? years. <laughs> <laughs> this is the seventies. This is way before that. But yeah, but we're we're in Doctor Who uh tomology. I don't know what the order of oh. succession was back. Or or was he talking was he talking to the is, do, do the Scot does Scotland have their own prime minister? Was he talking to the Scottish prime minister? I feel woefully under under equipped uh, to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. think they do. I uh I'm not sure. Scottish prime minister uh 
1975. <laughs> Let's see. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, I don't think so. There's first ministers, but not prime ministers, which I guess is probably the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All I ever see is Margaret Thatcher. So I don't know why he was talking to a woman. And I want to know who that prime minister was that he was talking to. Yeah. Um, uh, we might be in the uh, – we might have ended up in the Inferno timeline after all. Um, or some other third cool. place. Is this the first instance that you can think of of, of someone in the show interacting with the prime minister? I don't know. It's mm-hmm. a big question. At the at, in the in the classic who I don't I don't. I, yeah, I can't think of anything. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe some one of our um, one of our British listeners can uh, maybe let us know who he may have been talking to. Maybe there was uh, maybe there was an upcoming. Um, you know, maybe it was a situation like on uh, on South Park where they were just like, yeah, no, we can do this this dumb president thing because like, it's not like Mr. Garrison, our Trump, uh, our Trump stand in is going to actually win. Right. <laughs> and then they did. And they're like, Oh, we got, we got screwed. We don't know what we're going to do now. Now we don't know what the show is. Um, so maybe it was a thing like that where it was like, well, it's not like that guy's going to win. This other, this other woman running is definitely going to win. Oh, right. She didn't win. Like kind of like that moment in Supergirl. A couple years ago, where there were kind of like some awkward, like when uh, who was it? Was it? Uh, it was it, it was Linda Carter who ended up playing the president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how they that's how they got around that mm-hmm. um, was by just hiring someone else as the president. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So I don't I don't know I don't know what that is. Maybe someone knows uh, what the deal with that is, but uh, it's a little weird. Um, we get we get uh, old Nessie and the Thames. That's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That's always great. Can't go back from that. Can't neural- yeah. can't, can't neuralize that. <laughs> yeah, and then but then at the end, like the the one dude, the 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 mean Scottish dude is like is like ah, there was uh, I thought I saw the Loch Ness monster, but the sun was in my eyes, and they're just like oh, too bad. He's like, yep, too bad. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here, folks. Yeah. Um, such a huge bummer that Harry stays behind. Like, because it's not even yeah. like there's no reason for it. He's just like, he's like, all right, come along, Harry and Sarah. And Harry's just like, no, nah, I'm going to stay. It's not like, unlike oh. what happened with Ben and Polly a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Even less so, though, I think. That's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't even like a, like a maybe, um, I don't know. Like there wasn't any even – like we didn't even see his thought process. He was just like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I got shot today. I think I'm yeah. going to stay Something home. I did I'm really right. freak Sarah the hell out. <laughs> so I think I'm going to bounce. Yeah. I don't think she wants to be alone with me. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when a friend decides to head home. Like, like, like actually I'm not going to go to the next bar. I'm going to go and peace out. Yeah. Yeah. Stay sweet. That is what it feels like. Finger guns. Finger um, guns, baby. And then he, he promises, the doctor promises that if Sarah goes with him, their next stop will be London. Um, what do you think, Nick? You think the next stop's going to be London? Uh, I'm thinking it's uh, Cody Banks <laughs> 2, Destination London, baby. <laughs> wow. All right. Where do they go? Uh, another planet. Oh, great. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they go anywhere near London. Um, First episode is like, I lied to you back then. Right? They go to the London of the stars. <laughs> Space London. Space London. They, in fact, go to the planet of evil. So that is the opposite of London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, uh, that's uh, Tear of the Zygons. This is a great story. I, I really like this a lot. It's a lot of fun. Um, I remember watching it the first time. I wasn't – I didn't care for it uh, when I watched it. Interesting. Like, I don't know, five really? years ago, something like that. I didn't really care for it. But I like it a lot more this time. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah. If you have, if you, I don't know. We never, it's, we never say this, but you know, if you're a parent, you know, it's not, and you and you have kids. Uh, 
I think this is a great episode for kids to watch. I think it's just a fun mystery. It's got monsters and Ooh. Sarah Jane is is so great. And yeah, I, and I, I, it, it's clear why the Zygons have made such a lasting impression over the years with such limited screen time. Yeah. And, yeah. and this is the start of uh, the gothic era of Doctor Who as well. Get ready, um, Sarah Jane. It's the goth yeah. era. <laughs> Who is that supposed to be? Yeah, is I know. That Tom I kind of lost it. I've got to get it back. It's like Tom Baker pretending to be Gandalf. Yeah, or yeah that's what it, it, got, was. it got, got kind of Gandalf at the end. Yeah. <laughs> my God, Tom Baker is Gandalf. I don't think that's the first time we've thought of that, but my God. <laughs> it feels like it. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, even though he has hobbit hair, technically. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so next time we uh, visit uh, the fourth Doctor, we'll be doing uh, Planet of Evil, and uh, we'll be going full bore into the gothic era of uh, of Doctor Who, which is uh, largely considered the best era of the show, period. So. Get ready. Yeah. Things to things to look forward to with the fourth doctor. Um, we go yeah. immediately from the best era to one of the worst eras uh, later on. But we've got we've <laughs> got we, yeah we I mean yeah but we've got like twelve stories to get through before we get to that. Um, but uh, yeah, the whiplash that is horror of Fang Rock and the Invisible Enemy is uh, quite something. <laughs> Those both could be fantastic yeah. album names. I know I say that all the time, but. Yeah. K9 K9 is in Invisible Enemy though, so like that's the only saving grace. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um Do- all right. Well, I think that uh I think that about uh, wraps us up here. Uh we will be back next week and we're going to be talking about Earthshock which is Oh boy. P- yeah. <laughs> Pure madness. <laughs> Pure madness. There's a plot going on underground. I hope you like bickering because boy, oh boy, are you going to get it. Anyway, (laughs) next week on The Doctor's Companion. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.